1: We're happy you've tuned our way today and trust that our time together will prove a real blessing as we continue with a series of studies designed to help you understand and enjoy the Bible. My name is Alex Kurz, and it's my privilege to invite you to join us as Richard Jordan, president of Grace School of the Bible, brings us another message from the Word of God. Thank you, Alex, and my friend, we're certainly glad to be on the air again today, and continuing with our studies on the doctrine of forgiveness, and my, what a wonderful, happy uh, subject this is to, to consider in God's Word. That's why Paul said, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven, and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute We'll not impute sin. That word blessed, um, it's the idea of happy, but it's more than just uh, happy like, you know, you watched uh, uh, a TV show and somebody told a joke or something of that nature. It's it's the joy. In fact, in Genesis 30, verse 13, uh, it's, it's used to describe a mother having a child and naming her child. It's that joy of a... Of a of a new life that comes along, it's something more than just superficial happiness. Uh, it's something that's that it's joy, is what it is. It's something that goes down into your heart and changes you and comes out from inside. What a joy it is to have a knowledge of sins forgiven, total, complete forgiveness in Christ, not a piecemeal forgiveness. Not given to you on the installment plan, you know, one installment here and one installment there and then another installment later on when you perform on, 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 up to standards. Not given conditionally, but unconditionally, totally, and completely given to you in Christ. Paul says, "...in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace." In fact, that's where we even get the name for this radio program, The Riches of Grace. We get it out of that verse because our redemption is in Christ and our forgiveness is out of the the measure of His abounding, extravagant grace, the riches of His grace. Um, You don't have to go and ask God every day to forgive you. He already has forgiven you in His Son. You have it in Christ and you have it for keeps. What a wonderful thing. And yet, and by the way, we've been studying that now for three or four weeks. And if you don't, if you aren't clear about that, please, why don't you listen at the end of the program, get the phone number, and call today for that Bible study tape we've been offering you uh, about you can be forgiven for sure and forever. You need to have that issue settled. You'll never get it settled on your own, though. You need to have it settled at Calvary, where God dealt with your sin and provided the the means whereby all the penalty and the guilt of sin can be successfully dealt with. You try to deal with it yourself, but you never do it successfully, do you? And that's why I want to kind of move on in, in, in the thing today and take up the topic, if I'm forgiven, then why do I still feel guilty? Why is it that even forgiven people don't always feel forgiven? A lady called me on the f- telephone and she said, "You know, my, my husband keeps throwing things up at me all the time. Uh, we get into an argument or we get into a discussion, and uh, he and this lady is a believer. and her husband throws up her failures at her and she says, well, what am I supposed to do?" I mean, you ever been in that situation? you make a mistake and a spouse or a partner or, or a uh, job associate or somebody at school or they throw your mistakes up at you to try to condemn you. Well, I told the lady, I said, the thing that you should say back to her husband, just say, well, you know, sugar, you're probably right. I probably did make a mistake there. That's why Christ died for my sins. And I praise the Lord for his love and his grace to me in Christ. (laughs) You know, I hope you understand what I'm trying to say to you. Grace, the cross, allows you to look at your failures, not excuse them, not revel in them and be happy about them. How could you rejoice in anything that nailed the Lord Jesus Christ, the apple of God's eye, the treasure of heaven, to the cross? You see, when you learn what grace teaches, the grace of God that brings salvation to all men has a, that brings salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us. Grace is what God can do for you through the finished work of the cross. The cross teaches you something. It teaches you that God, God, not you, God put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Would you be able to look at failure in your life, understanding that that is the particular thing? If there had never been one other sin in all of the universe and all of time, that one right there that you're looking at is the one Jesus Christ would have died for, that he did die for. You look to Calvary and you see God's attitude towards sin. It takes the shine off the apple, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You see, when you learn what the cross teaches you, then you're not going to just go out and just rejoice in sin. You're going to do what God did. You're going to seek to put it away from your life. But you see, what what the cross, what forgiveness does is it gives you the capacity to look at that sin, that failure, and say, this is the thing Jesus Christ died to take away, to put out of my life. And it gives you the capacity, not out of fear of being judged and condemned because God already dealt with the sin at Calvary. He already took care of the guilt. He already took care of the payment. The wrath, the judgment, the debt is all paid. Now you're free to look at it and see where it came from and what to do about it. You're free to move beyond it. A dear man came some time ago to a meeting. And he questioned, he said, do you think God could ever truly forgive me? He said, how can you really know for sure that you're forgiven? And this man was clearly saved, clearly had trusted Christ many, many years ago, over 50 years prior to this. But his heart was just filled with doubts. He said, I've been begging God to forgive me for over 50 years. And as He learned about total forgiveness in Christ. He said, you know, I I should have been serving him all those years, but I've wasted my life. That's why I'm asking, could God really forgive me? (laughs) Well, maybe you're like that today, even as a child of God, still wondering if God could really forgive you. Let me ask you, what, what would happen... If you forgave your child, and he refused to believe you forgave him, and every day he's coming to you begging you, please forgive me, please forgive me. And you already did. But he keeps asking you every day, please, how would that make you feel? Wouldn't it break your heart? Well, don't you, don't, don't you think it's about time that you stop breaking God's heart and believe what God believes? and trust what God trusts? Yeah. Well, there are some roadblocks on the road to guilt-free living, but they're not there by God's erecting. You see, when you live in line with who God has made you in Christ, you can get rid, you will rid yourself of that inner turmoil and that frustration and that hostility, and you, you can enjoy a personal relationship with God through Christ. You can't enjoy any personal relationship when guilt stands between you and the other party. You have to deal with sin to deal with guilt. And can I say, too, that the cross is the only way to deal with sin. You can't do it on your own. You haven't done it, have you? Psychology isn't going to accomplish it for you. Religion won't won't do it for you. You see, all those things have been tried. Look into the Scripture, and you can see them, and they don't work. Well, if I'm really all that forgiven, Brother Rick, why do I f- still feel so guilty? Well, let me suggest three or four things to you that, that, that people do uh, in, in their mind. And, and again, forgiveness is a, is a decision of your will based upon faith in God's Word and God's truth about the gospel. Will you make a decision of your will not to hold the wrongs that have been done against you against someone? It's a decision God made not to hold your sin against you because of Calvary. Well, then why wouldn't I experience in my mind, in my heart, in my inner man, the peace that ought to come? Well, some people, one roadblock on the road to guilt-free living is denial. Just a refusal to say, I've sinned, I've blundered, I've made a mistake. Some people just can't bring themselves to recognize and be accountable and thus deal with their sin. They want to blame somebody else. They want to insulate themselves from the, from the uh, contradictions involved. They, they have a, maybe, maybe make a half-hearted admission but not really take ownership of their failure. They try to escape and, and come up with some, uh, some other kind of uh, uh, excuse. My friend, grace, the cross, allows you to be accountable for what you've done. You're not going to be condemned for it. You're not, you're not going to be beaten in the head by it. God comes not as a judge to condemn, but as a loving heavenly Father to help you solve the problem. If you deny, and this is one reason that um, the, the idea of a confessional going in and enumerating all your sins before God, and when you confess them and state them all before God, that, um, well, then God's going to forgive you. The, the old short account system confessional stuff, the reason that never works is because you don't always recognize all of your failures, <laughs> do you? But well, there's some of them you just absolutely refuse to admit are failures. Another reason is people have a real shallow understanding of what forgiveness really is. Uh, the old saying out in the world is it's easier to get forgiveness than permission. Um, you can, if you're forgiven, you can just do anything you want to do, people say. Well, all that comes from really not understanding what forgiveness is all about. You forget the cost of sin. And you forget the cost of salvation. And what that really is, is you're, you're trying to prepare for the next time. You know, Paul says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Don't be preparing to sin next time. And that's what really that is. And when you understand really what forgiveness is all about, Then you won't have this idea that, well, you know, I'll just go do what I want to do, and then I can just get forgiven. Because you forget the cost of doing what you want to do, the cost of sin. And you forget about the cost of salvation. You see, when you see the cross for what it really is, it stops sin. People have psychological feelings of guilt. The psychological feelings uh, uh, of the guilt of legalism. Uh, the emotions, the feelings, stress, depression, fear, shame, alienation, resentment, anger, inferiority, insecurity, inadequacy, worry, doubt, fears, all these emotions that come from, they're authored by the old sin nature, and they get a grip in your life that these psychological emotions, it's psychological guilt that's brought about by the program, the performance-based system of, of a law system, when you' you're put under you perform in a certain way and you get a blessing and if you don't perform, you get the condemnation. You're always going to fail sooner or later, because you are a sinner. When you fail, you define yourself by your failures and all these psychological guilt feelings, shame, rejection, alienation, but they're not that's not true guilt. That's your emotions verse, versus your will. That's error versus truth. You see, you have to learn to think from a basis of grace. Not think from a basis of the law. I've performed, and, and you see the law, it doesn't make any difference whose law it is. Your laws, your spouse's laws, your church's laws, God's law, whatever. As soon as you put yourself under a performance based system where acceptance and blessing is based on your performance, you set yourself up to fail. God says that whoever keeps the whole law and offends in one point is guilty of all. Have you ever noticed that? In life, you go along and you do all these good things and then you just make one mistake and that's all anybody wants to talk about, you know. Maybe you try to serve your wife and you do everything she wants you to do and you get your honeydew do list done, you get them all done and you just miss one of them. And all you ever hear about is the one you missed. Maybe you're trying to trying to trying to please your husband, and you 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 do all the things you have it every, everything just like he likes it, and you just miss the one thing, and all it just like it mars the whole thing up. Well, see, that's what a performance based system is all about. That's how it works. You do everything, you make one mistake, and you're guilty. Grace is a free gift. It's the liberty system, the freedom system, of a gift. God says here, I give it to you. I paid for it for you, and I give it to you as a gift. So these kind of things keep you from having a guilt-free life in your thinking process, not because God said you're guilty, but because you're not thinking from a basis of grace. Another thing that, that is a roadblock to guilt-free living is, is not forgiving others. That results in resentment and bitterness and brooding and then exploding and ventilating times. We're going to talk next week, by the way, about you can forgive. You need to learn about how it is that God has forgiven you so that that truth can then live in you in forgiving others. And learning to forgive others Learning this issue of forgiveness, how you are forgiven, learning to define yourself on the basis of who God says you are in Christ, and then learning to forgive, learning to live like a forgiven person, that is the most critical key in personal relationships and in life and for emotional stability. You're going to live with inner turmoil and frustration and hostility if you can't learn the truth of forgiveness. You can't enjoy a personal relationship when guilt stands between you and another party. There's always turmoil and frustration, and it it, it develops into resentment and bitterness. Well, you got to deal with sin in order to deal with guilt. And the only place that sin can successfully be dealt with is the cross of Christ. So the answer to all the roadblocks, whatever they might be, is to live in the reality of the identity that God gives you in the Lord Jesus Christ and to walk in obedience to the truth of that identity. Jesus told his disciples, If you know these things, happier are ye if you do them. Not just that you know them, but that you live day in and day out by faith in these things. How this word work in you that believe. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, Paul says, "...put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering." How can you do all of that? "...forbearing one another, and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against you." You know, people are going to have quarrels. That verse over in Romans says, as much as lies in you, live peaceably with all men. <laughs> the Bible understands that we're, we're, um, we we're have the infirmities of our flesh. And he says, If any man have a quarrel with any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. You see, live in the reality of who God has made you in Christ. And then by faith, choose to walk in obedience to the truth of that new identity. Not not run by your feelings, not controlled by your circumstances, but living by faith in the identity God gives you in Christ. Now, that's why we talk to you week after week here about learning the Word of God, learning to rightly divide the Word of God so that you can, can take God's Word and live Out of your own understanding of God's Word, not the preacher's understanding, but your understanding. The key to understanding the Bible is rightly dividing the Word of truth. You have the capacity as a child of God to understand God's Word, and taking that Word, bringing it into your life by faith, and having that Word work effectually in you that believe. That's why Paul says, If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. There is a mindset that you're to have. You're to set your affections by fixating your thinking on truth, on the way God sees things. The way God sees the issue of salvation, of assurance, of security, of acceptance, you just rest in how God thinks. Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ, and nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Now, how does he live? Well, he indwells us, but he lives us like, he says, in the life that I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Jesus Christ gave his life for you at Calvary so that he could give his life to you when you trusted him, so that he then could live his life through you as you walk in obedience to the truth of that new identity that he gives you by his grace and for his glory. We're rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as you've been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. We have the mind of Christ, Paul says. We have the strength and capacity that's given to us by Christ. We have all of our needs supplied in Christ. We have peace. We have joy. We're in Christ. You just need to live in the reality of that. And let your thinking, see, think the way God thinks, and have your mind renewed so that your conduct and your life and your emotions can be transformed into the glory of the Lord living through you. Well, I trust today that you rejoice in the issue of, uh, of the full and free forgiveness that we have in Christ, and that you'll take godly thoughts, thinking how God thinks with a renewed mind, and live your life and take the actions of your life through faith in Christ and faith in his word and faith in who he says you are. Let me offer you one last time today, the cassette tape, you can be forgiven. Forgiveness, as I've said week after week now, is the single most important key to emotional stability. It's 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 an issue that you need to have firmly grasp, a firm grasp upon. For as you live in a a response to an intelligent understanding of who God has made you in Christ. The joy and the peace and the liberty and the life is yours in Christ. Let me give you this free Bible study tape. You can be forgiven. To get your free copy of this Bible study, you simply call us here at our toll-free number, 888-535-2300. The number again is 888-535-2300. You request your copy uh, of the Bible study, You Can Be Forgiven, and I'd be glad to see that you get a free uh, free copy of this, uh, of this message. 888-535-2300. That's the number to call. If you are on the internet and you surf the World Wide Web, you can find us at Grace Impact. That's one word, graceimpact.org. Uh, or you can write me, of course, here at, at uh, The Riches of Grace, Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. That's Post Office Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. The easiest way, of course, is just simply pick up the telephone and call us any any time during normal business hours during the week, or call us right now, 888-535-2300. Uh, we're trying to be easy for you to get in touch with because we've got something we want to put into your hands that we know will transform your life, information out of God's Word that can make a real impact and difference in your life. You can be forgiven. The Bible study is yours. It's free. I'd like to give it to you. I should tell you also that it is part of a larger uh, six-hour study on forgiveness matters. Uh, that's a is a larger six-hour study album. I can't give you that. Uh, it sells for sixteen dollars. If you'd like to uh, to have the larger uh, the, the the whole. Uh, album of information, The Six Hours of Teaching, uh, just ask the folks when you call, and, and you can use your credit card, or we'll invoice you. We're not, uh, you know, we we'll be happy to do either of those, and uh, they'll be glad to tell you how you can order uh, the, uh, the album, study album, Forgiveness Matters. 888-535-2300 is the number of the call. At any rate, you call and get the free Bible study. We want to put that into your hands. I also want to tell you that there are folks in your area meeting this weekend, who appreciate the message of grace, who uh, love the Word of God rightly divided, and it's an assembly where the grace life is the issue. Uh, why don't you let me put you in touch with those folks? They, they, they love the message of grace. Uh, they take it to heart. It's gripped their heart to where they're putting this Bible study on this radio station each week. Now, they pay the bills for me to be here to teach and for you to be here to listen. So uh, if you're interested, if you don't have an assembly where the Word of God is taught rightly divided, where the message of grace is clearly proclaimed, where the grace life is the issue, then you owe it to yourself and your family if you have one. You're robbing yourself and your family if you have one if you're not in touch with these people and you're not meeting with them. 888-535-2300 888-535-2300 is a number to call. You call. We'll put you in touch with the folks in your area. And my friend, if you're still not sure of salvation, that all of your sins are forgiven, and that you have eternal life as a present possession, well, when you call, you let the folks know that. And we'll be glad to send some literature to you to show you the way, or even sit right then with you uh, over an open Bible and show you what God's Word has to say about that. 888-535-2300. That's, that's the number to call. You call today, and we'll be glad to hear from you. Thanks for being with us today, and until we meet again the same time next week, Maranatha.
0: Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.